0: Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio, hosted by me, Jacob Milham. But if you prefer to read your Kansas City Royals news and analysis, please visit RoyalsReview.com. Also, check out Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. And while you're over there on Facebook, join the Royals fan Facebook group in this podcast description because we will be there live on February 23rd, getting you ready ahead of spring training. But let's get on with the show, because today I have the one and only Jake Eisenberg, who got the promotion from Omaha up to Kansas City. Jake, how are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm doing well, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I kind of feel like a player who just got called <laughs> up. It's not really supposed to work like that, but uh, I'm really, I'm really glad that it has.
0: Yes, and uh, you know what? I was very excited to see that you were staying with the organization. Uh, I really did think that the Mets were going to get you there for a little bit, not going to lie.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I had a great opportunity with the New York Mets last year and and them trusting me to fill in for now Mets Hall of Famer. Howie Rose and to really get my feet wet at the major league level was a a dream beyond dreams come true. And there were also two games uh, that I got to fill in for the Royals mixed in there. So it was a pretty whirlwind 2022 season, Um, but there was an opening with the Royals and they were looking for somebody. And I'm I'm glad that that somebody has, has wound up to be me.
0: Yes, yes, and for sure. And if, if folks don't know, so you've had a pretty I wouldn't say extensive history with the organization, but you joined Omaha in twenty ahead of the twenty twenty season, right?
1: Yeah, and that well, gets a little bit murky. Me. So, so technically speaking, I, I got this job and accepted this job and it was announced and there was a the whole thing in December of twenty nineteen. And so I spent the next, you know, few months really gearing up and getting ready to move out to Omaha, uh, and I was all excited and then the weekend that I was going to move to Omaha was the weekend it was actually the weekend of my birthday, the weekend of March 10th of 2020, uh, which was a you know a not, not so great of a date uh, in hindsight. And so we kind of went from really being 24 hours away from moving to Omaha, from where I was in New York to kind of being in like a weird purgatory to not moving at all. And I didn't actually wind up moving out to Omaha until February of 2021 and then Goodness. didn't actually get to do the job until May of 2021 because the, the season got delayed a further month. So yeah, there was a pretty long way to to actually do that job. But once we hit the ground running in, in May of 2021, it was exactly as I, I hoped it would be in more.
0: Yeah. And the rest is history. You wore a lot of hats over there. I will say that you're the play-by-play guy. Um, you did the podcasts over there. I mean, what what didn't you do over there? Like, <laughs> I, I imagine you didn't hand out hot dogs or nothing like that.
1: No, I didn't hand out hot dogs, but honestly that's probably only because I was busy during the game, you know, broadcasting <laughs> the game, but that's that's the thing about minor league baseball and it's both a blessing and a curse sometimes. The, the blessing is that you get to see so many different aspects of an organization and what goes into making an organization successful. The drawback is of course that you wind up getting spread pretty thin. And so Uh, When there are other people that come into the mix and join the team and can spread out some of those responsibilities, uh, you know, there's the saying that a rising tide lifts all ships. You know, that's exactly what happens. You spread those responsibilities out over a number of people and the quality of content. Across the board, gross. But yeah, at one point, uh, I was play-by-play broadcaster, broadcast engineer, graphics producer, video producer, social media manager, uh, marketing assistant, I uh, podcast host. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I was the mascot once or twice uh, during the off season. Yeah, I dressed up as the mascot a few times for for a couple of videos that we did. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. But you know, that's the thing about minor league baseball. You wear a bunch of hats. You have a lot of fun, and uh, we kind of joke that as you move. Up the, the ranks, so to speak, in minor league baseball. You actually do fewer and fewer jobs. And so, one of the things that I was excited about last year uh, with the opportunity with the Mets and also those two games with the Royals is I showed up and my job was to call the game. And that was it. And it was really the first time in my professional career that that's been my only responsibility. And now that's my only responsibility with the Royals is to call the game and and be, you know, a conduit for this team to its fans and and have some fun on the air with Denny and Stu and HUD and Monty and Joel and Ryan and and the rest of the gang and Eric. And uh, that's going to be really great.
0: Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but I do have to get this out of the way. You're talking about wearing multiple hats for years and years, believe it or not. I actually heard you a few times when you were um, broadcasting for the Richmond flying squirrels. Do you remember those days? Oh, I
1: love, I love those days. The diamond (laughs) is, uh, is not quite the gem that it used to be physically, but it is still Richmond's uh, Richmond's a great, great city, amazing fans, fantastic organization. I love that season in Richmond uh, the Eastern League All-Star game was in Richmond that year uh, so we hosted that had the broadcast oh. uh, it was it was a great time that's a great league too in that kind of mid-Atlantic northeast area over there we had a lot of fun yeah
0: there's a, there's a lot of baseball around here i live just about an hour south in Hampton Virginia and there's a there's a woodbat collegiate League that runs through this middle Atlantic area. And it's it's just a blast, but I do see you know, you have one guy who might be announcing and then the very next day I see him out, um what was I, I think he was like weed whacking.
1: The, <laughs> I mean, look i, I never I never got literally into the weeds in terms of the ground screw <laughs> stuff, but you know i've I've pulled tarp with with everybody that you could possibly pull tarp with, I guess. and uh, I, I'm glad that there are now professionals that that do that because that is something I will not miss.
0: Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, Hey, how's getting settled
1: into the booth with Denny? <laughs> well, you, well, we're going to find out uh, yeah. because I haven't had the chance to, to call a game with him yet and really won't until I, I believe opening day. Um, and so it's really just about getting to know him as much as possible off the air. Uh, and we've chatted a few times here, or there before, you know, this, this position came to be, cause I'd gone down to Kansas city and introduced myself and met him here and there. Um, but now throughout this off season, you know, it's about, you know, just trying to have conversations and and get to know somebody. Uh and really just I mean, my goal as it relates to Denny is, I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit or attention for his longevity and how sharp he still is. I mean, he just turned 80 in November and he is sharp as a tack. And there is nothing unlike him in major league baseball, there is no other broadcaster that has been with a franchise, the entirety of its existence. And so to be able to sit next to him and listen to the stories that, he can share and the experiences that he's had and be able to soak up all of that knowledge and wisdom like a sponge. I was thinking about this the other day because we're going into a 2023 season where there's some pretty drastic rule changes certainly comparatively mm-hmm. to recent baseball history you've got the pitch clock shift restrictions, bigger bases pickoff moves something like that and I was thinking about this specifically the other day, the other day Jacob that the pitch clock is probably the most drastic rule change for pitchers specifically since they lowered the mound. Yeah. And the year they lowered the mound was Denny's first season. Oh, geez. <laughs> so he's now seen Damn. that and he's going to be able to kind of use what he witnessed that year and how pitchers adjusted to that and kind of take it to this season, which is something that no other broadcaster in major league baseball can do right now. And that is, that is an incredibly rare and unique thing that I think deserves a lot more credit and attention than I, I think it's gotten nationally.
0: Honestly, you, you've been pretty well-traveled, um, both during you know, last season between Omaha and that team and going with the Mets and things like that. But I do have to ask, one of our traditional questions is, what is your go-to like stadium food? What's your order, man?
1: <laughs> so that's honestly the easiest question you could possibly oh, yeah? ask me. It's, it's ice cream and a helmet cup. Oh, yeah? Without question. It is ice cream and a helmet cup. This has actually been a thing that I've done at various ballparks that I've been to over the course of my time in minor league baseball and then last year in major league baseball, too. Um, It actually started uh, with the Brooklyn Cyclones in 2017. And I'll explain kind of what I've been doing with it uh, in a second, but really it has to go back to the first games I went to as a kid uh, at Shea Stadium. And getting ice cream and a helmet cup was always like the treat that I looked forward to when I went to games as a fan. It was always something, you know, we'd get in the sixth or seventh inning. We'd have the ice cream or at least try to before it melted. Uh, and then, you know, we'd wash out the helmet cup and bring it home. And, you know, yeah. you'd wear it around until it fall off. But like that to me has always been such a connection to why I love the game and, and you know, a connection to my childhood and, and enjoying, you know, watching baseball as a fan. And so it's something that I've tried to replicate at this level and now as a broadcaster as kind of just to link back to that to that fan. Um and so in Brooklyn, you know, it was kind of a cool setup where there was an inning or two where I wasn't always on the air and so I could roam around a little bit. Uh and I would kind of just get ice cream in a helmet cup sometimes because it was up in the press box and it was readily available and I kind of realized, you know what, Jake probably shouldn't do this every single day. That's not going to be good long term. And so I decided, okay, you know what, let's let's make some rules. Let's only do it for Sunday day games. that'll be a Sunday day game treat. And uh, so that's kind of what I continued in 2018 uh, with a few amendments uh, because I decided that I make the rules, I could do whatever I want. Yes. Uh, and I basically said, you know what, if I haven't been to the ballpark before and I haven't gotten their helmet cup yet, even if it's not a Sunday day game, I'm gonna make sure that I get their ice cream in a helmet cup and kind of have a collection of these these helmet cups. And then uh, it became, you know what? There's a weekday day game. Eh, why not? Or, yeah, it's kind of hot out. Eh, why not? Seems, seems refreshing. So, I, I admit that at this point, I kind of make it up as I go along, but I do consciously try and limit myself a little bit because I literally could have ice cream in a helmet cup every single day, and that would be not great. But that is the go to ballpark <laughs> food, bar none. Uh, I will say, honorable mention, uh, one of the Royals games I went to as a fan a couple of years ago, I got the, the brisket acho thing oh, in like, the big helmet. That. Oh, that was outrageous. Oh, that was so, so good. Definitely could not have that every single day, but that's, oh, it was delicious. Um, So, honorable mention for the brisket Acho, but ice cream in a helmet cup is the winner.
0: So, during your years of study, uh, is it scientifically proven? (laughs) Does ice cream taste better coming out of a plastic helmet?
1: The answer is unequivocally yes
0: okay outstanding well you've heard it here first folks uh you'll be seeing jacob eisenberg's research paper coming out on the whatever research paper <laughs> dot com it is i'm kidding i'm, I'm kidding jacob i'm not signing you up for a research paper. <laughs> um I, I gotta ask that because i can't you can't go wrong with a hot dog i feel like every area has a kind of their own spin on a hot dog if you will some are much better than others um but i did always enjoy the uh the Maryland area and their like seafood hot dogs and their different takes on it, and you can just throw some Old Bay on stuff and, uh, and you'll be good to go,
1: in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. When I was a student there, one of, the, one of the chefs that worked in the dining halls actually gave me, it was a commemorative, it's like the most Maryland thing you could possibly create, it was a Ravens Super Bowl commemorative Old Bay tin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's, about, that's about as Maryland as it gets. Uh, and I still have it, it was, it was a cool little gift. 've
0: I've seen people collect those things like they like their coca-cola cans or, or something like that you know you, you just have them up on the shelf they're they're never open things like that but it's just it's just kind of a cool like hey why, why'd they make that one um as long as you're not collecting like the old bay
1: vodka you've seen that one <laughs> yeah no we're staying away from that
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly well um jake thank you again for coming on the show today but i do have to ask we we've heard all of these like oh well we hope this player has a great season or we hope this happens during the 2023 season this is your major league full-time debut i guess is the way to put it what are some goals that you have for yourself in your first season
1: yeah i i've started thinking about this a little bit now that we're Getting closer and closer to spring training and the first, you know, official broadcasts and. I started to realize that, at least for me, this is going to be the longest season I've ever experienced because, A, the minor league season is a little bit shorter, the major league season is a little bit longer, but I've also never done spring training in any capacity. and That's an extra 15, 20, 25 games. It's an extra five weeks, basically. So Now, instead of going from April to mid-September, we're going from late February to hopefully late October, but at the very least, the end of September, early October. So it's a much longer season. Uh, there are fewer off days in the major league schedule than the minor league schedule because of the way it's set up. And so, I mean, one of the goals that I have this year is to really pace myself, basically, and figure out the routines day to day, whether we're at home or on the road, that are going to make our broadcast successful. The things that I need to do to make sure that I'm prepared to the best of my ability, but also giving myself some time to. Digest and rest and sleep, which is not something I've done a great job of uh, (laughs) over the years. Uh, So, figuring out the rhythm of a major league season and how to really approach it from day one to day. 200, whatever. Uh, that That's one of my goals. And I think that's going to be a learning process as we go along. But uh, outside of that, I mean, honestly, the main goal is just to get a little bit better every single day. Uh, it's one thing to be trusted to have this job at the major league level. It's an entirely other thing to be really good at this job at the major league level. And it's, I mean, I think about it like a player, you know, a player gets called up, you know, once, once that player is called up, it's not up oh, i'm done um you know this is yeah. this is my ceiling um that player's trying to get better and become an all-star or a hall of famer xyz and so now that i'm lucky enough to be here my goal is to be really, really good here and hopefully be really, really good here for a really, really long time. And that's going to come by soaking up wisdom from Denny and maybe going over a tape or two with Ryan and learning from Stu and his experiences, talking to Hud and Monty about the things that they saw as players that they can now translate to the broadcast side, talking to Joel about the different techniques he uses to, to learn about players and share stories. So, it's really soaking up all of that information at this level and distilling it in a way that helps me be the best broadcaster I can be. Um, I'll say the biggest difference for me this year is going to be that I'm going to do a a good amount of TV this year. Uh, When Ryan uh, shifts over to do some games on the radio, I'll fill in for him on the TV side, uh, which is not something I've done at a consistent basis, really, in my entire career. So there's going to be a pretty big learning curve there, uh, and thankfully there's a tremendous crew of people. HUD is one of a kind, and I'm looking forward to getting involved with that, and you know, really learning as I go with that too. So uh, there's going to be a lot of new things this year. There's going to be a lot of things that feel comfortable, but the main goal is just to figure out the rhythm of the season and figure out how to be great every day and then get a little bit better the next day uh, while also not, you know, burning myself out.
0: Hey, you know what those that sounds very achievable. And uh, I, I can't wait to to hear how the season went later on down the road. Hopefully um, before we get out of here, I do have to ask when you filled in later last season, um, just coming up like was that was that intimidating at all? Like you have all these all these guys that you've been listening or watching for years. Like how how was that? What was that experience like?
1: With the, with the Mets or with the Royals? With the Royals, sorry. With the Royals. So, it's funny. I think it would have been vastly more intimidating had it been my first Major League games. That's true. Uh, because I had done my first Major League games really just a couple of weeks prior with the Mets, uh, it was much less intimidating because it was much less of a thing of, of, of my you know, personal Major League debut. I kind of understood the emotions of a major league game and um, how to approach it a little bit. And frankly, there was a massive comfort level because it was the Royals organization and all the guys on the field were guys that I've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, heck, the the first night that I did a Royals game with Mike Sweeney, it was MJ Melendez's major league debut. And I'd seen him just two days prior in Omaha. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and you know, watched him take off from the dugout when presumably he was he was called up. So you know, seeing him there and seeing Bobby Witt Jr. there, and obviously Bobby hits his first major league home run to be a part of that moment was surreal. But there are all these guys that. I saw in Omaha and watched grow and succeed, and got to know. And that's kind of one of the things that's really exciting about this year too. Is that you know we're kind of all embarking in some ways on our first full major league seasons together. You know, MJ got called up pretty early, so he had a pretty full major league season. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino got called up in June, so his major league season was was pretty extensive too, but still wasn't a full major league season. The same goes for guys like Michael Massey or Nick Prado or Drew Waters uh, or you know. Even, even some of the pitchers like Jonathan Heasley, you know, so on and so forth. There are all these guys that are experiencing this for the first time in similar ways to how I'm experiencing this for the first time. And the fact that we get to do that together after, you know, riding the bus to Des Moines together and flying to Indianapolis together, I, I think that's a really cool thing that we get to be able to experience together. And so when you think about the two Royals games that I did, Honestly, they were way more comfortable been overwhelming because of the people that were involved. And chief among them, honestly, Jacob, was Mike Sweeney, uh, who I was lucky enough to do those games with. And it was his first time doing a game on the radio in that role. And he was phenomenal. Uh, He brought so much energy and enthusiasm, which he brings to everything. He had great stories to share. He understood the timing, uh, which is more complicated than it might seem for a radio broadcast on the baseball side. He was exceptional. And he really took me around the ballpark before the game that first Day introduced me to everybody, you know, shepherded me into each clubhouse and introduced me to people, made me feel like I was a part of the family. And that goes for everybody else uh, that was within the Royals front office and the Royals broadcast team and media relations side. They all made me feel welcome and like family from the moment I arrived at the K that day. And so it made those two games feel so natural. Uh, which is what I'm really excited about when it comes to this season. I feel like this season and this transition is so seamless because of how great the people in this organization are and how much they've welcomed me and taken care of me and uh, are prepared to to help me thrive. That's uh, all you could ever want.
0: Yeah, hey, it, it sounds like you have a great support network around you in that organization um, and a great set of goals, Jake. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and you know, just just listening to you and and watching you every now and then, I think you're going to do great in Kansas City for the Royals. So, nothing but the best luck for you.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. This has been fun.
0: Yes, it has. It has been very very fun. Um, and hey, this is this doesn't have to be on the show, but I'm curious. Do you have anything to say about your replacement batters? Oh, I mean,
1: <laughs> couldn't be a better fit. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, good. like, I. I was about as vocal as I could be about him, quote unquote. Repl- I don't really like the word replacing because like yeah. it's it's not he's he's a completely different broadcaster in person than I am. Okay. So to say that sure. he is, quote unquote, replacing me, I think is unfair to him. Um, the fact that he is taking I mean, you can, it's mincing words at this point, but like taking the reins, it, it couldn't be a better fit for for all right. of the reasons. Um, he's tremendous off the air. He's really, really good on the air and is going to continue getting better. I mean, heck, he's three or four years younger than I am. Um, But again, it goes back to the fact that he knows this organization. He knows this system. He's seen these players and coaches and so has that familiarity, which is honestly vital when it comes to telling these guys stories. Uh, Nick and I were talking about this on the Stormcast the other day, how when you first get to a new organization, heck, even if you're in that organization, you spend the first Two ish months of the season, just meeting guys and introducing yourself and getting them comfortable with who you are and getting them to, you know, trust you and building those relationships. And it's only after you build that trust that you can really start diving in deeper to some of those stories and telling those stories. And he's not going to need to do that. He's going to be able to hit the ground running because he knows all these guys already. And so what he's going to be able to share is enhanced by the fact that he knows them already. Um, and then you throw in the fact that, look, he. Is he's got family here in Omaha. He grew up going to games at Rosenblatt Stadium, uh, Omaha Royals games. So he's got a personal tie to this organization in this city too. Frankly, that I didn't have. Uh, so he really checks every single box, and I'm I'm really excited that this is something that's happened. It's not really ever supposed to happen in this linear way that you know you get called up from AAA and the AA guy gets called up to AAA, and like it. That's it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, seamless, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but it's it's true that does not happen. I I cannot think of a single other example where that's happened in recent memory. The closest example is a good friend of mine, Jeff Arnold, who's one of the radio broadcasters for the Baltimore Orioles. Spent a good amount of time as their broadcaster for um, the Frederick Keys, one of their minor league affiliates. Um, it kind of happened also a little bit with Ben Wagner in Toronto. He was the Buffalo Bisons broadcaster. And now he's the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. So it has happened more recently, but traditionally, I mean, when you're a broadcaster, you're looking for opportunity here, 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 and it very rarely, if ever, times out where you can just move up that way within an organization. So the fact that it happened not once but twice is unprecedented, uh, yeah. and it makes it it makes it really seamless for me and for Nick, and makes it really good for Royals fans too that I think are going to tune in and. Um, you know, like when I get to spring training, um, I don't have to say, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Jake Eisenberg. I'm, you know, the yeah. new broadcaster. Uh, for t- uh, 75% of these guys, it's, Hey, what's up? How you doing? How was the offseason? Good to see you again. Uh, and that makes a massive difference.
0: I, I imagine so. So much more comfortable. And I, I'm sure that one day you will have some amazing stories to tell. I mean, shoot, you, you have to have some dirt that you can talk about. All <laughs>
1: time I, don't all right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about dirt, but there's certainly some funny stories here and there. Um, you know, these are, these are great characters in our baseball story. Um, not just the Royals story, but our baseball story and the better characters you have, the more, fun you have and so i think it's it's going to be really exciting to see what this what this group brings to the table this season i'm excited to be a part of it i'm excited to share it with everybody that, that tunes in and uh see see what happens
0: hey, that's the only way to do it so jake we got a couple more uh got a couple more weeks till spring training um i know we're all looking forward to that and i'm sure you're looking forward to going down to phoenix right
1: Oh yeah, I've never. I've spent three days of my life in Arizona. That's actually where I called my first major league game. Was at Chase Field with the Mets. Oh wow! Uh, and that was the only three days I've ever been to Arizona. <laughs> so I've never been to spring training. Uh, I'm really excited about that experience. I'm excited about being in some warmth because I am tired of being cold. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be Heck, great. Yeah. Awesome. Really excited to get down there.
0: Um, if as we're closing out here, if folks wanted to find you on social media or just learn more about you and your work, uh, where can they go?
1: Sure. Uh, easiest place is probably on Twitter. Handle is at Jake Eisenberg with a little underscore at the end, Uh, because you know without the underscore, it's taken by some bot somewhere. Uh, I've been I've been I've been trying for I think 10 years now to, to see if that account ever gets uh, suspended or dismissed or, or what have you but no such luck so it's at Jake Eisenberg with an underscore same handle on Instagram obviously it's a little bit more picture heavy um, yeah. got a Facebook page too where you can go if you so choose um, but yeah looking forward to engaging with anyone that that hops around on social media and wants to reach out and say hello and you know if you see me in person please come up and say hello uh, would love to meet you get to know you and uh, excited to share royals baseball with you
0: well awesome jake i know all of our listeners out there uh we we thank you very much for coming on the show today um and we are very much looking forward to opening day and also hearing you in the booth even more so everyone out there listening thank you for your support and until next time go royals